It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with certified financial planners Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners right here at Corhorn Financial Group. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and friends, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Why is it important to apply wisdom to your financial decisions and how do you do it? And you do it through taking a comprehensive holistic approach to your finances. And we're going to explain it coming up in this hour on the Wise Money Show. That's right. And we've got great questions from fans of the show in the second half of the program special segment sponsored by Auto Owners. So reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can submit questions several different ways. You can give us a call or send us a text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. There's a spot to Submit questions right there on the right. And then all of our social media, wherever you're at, we're there too. Just search The Wise Money Show. Submit questions that way as well. All right, guys. Happy anniversary. Happy Wise Money anniversary. Yeah, can you believe it? Six years, five years. We're into our sixth season. You guys, it looks like you haven't aged a bit. <laughs> you're lying. <laughs> or, or your eyes have gotten really bad. Uh, <laughs> Time for glasses, Mikey. Uh, all right. So we, we started the Wise Money program five years ago. We're into our sixth season, all about wanting to elevate, raise the financial literacy of our community and the community of listeners here. But it really begs the question, why wise money? You know, it's something we prayed about a lot. What's the name of the show? What's the purpose of the show? Why wise money? Why do you need wisdom in your finances? Yeah. You know, I, I tried to offer my kids recently sort of a working definition of wisdom. And the best I could come up with was something to the effect of it's, it's knowing the right thing to do at the right time so that you get the best possible outcomes. And that word outcome is the one that I was trying to emphasize. It's, it's understanding the cause and effect that happens all around us. And with experience over time, hopefully you're gaining wisdom. You're starting to realize what principles you can rely on to make great decisions so that you get the cause and effect action going correctly in, in your financial life. And of course, you know, I'm trying to emphasize to them that you want to whenever possible, learn from other people's experiences, especially if it's their mistakes, mm -hmm. so that you don't have to repeat those. But that's exactly what brings so many people to our door. It's, I want to have better outcomes in my financial life, or I'm at a place where my experience can't guide me at this fork in the road because I've never walked this path before. And, um, or, or maybe I just want confirmation that I'm headed in the right direction because I want those outcomes in, in my financial life. I've made these choices. Were these choices wise? Will they lead me to the outcome that I'm seeking? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I had a client in the office uh, just, just yesterday, in fact, um, and they were they kind of came in a little bit discouraged because they were in the grind of their financial life and you know they've been budgeting they've been making all the right choices having the right habits and everything but it just felt like well boy are are we getting anywhere and we were able to look back 
at the past three years worth of data because we tracked their financial life in a snapshot all on one page there. We had a net worth tracking report or like a balance sheet. And we were able to see that they have made massive, huge, huge progress. And they had no idea. Because when you're in the midst of it all, you're making what you hope are wise choices, having the right habits. But if you can't measure the outcomes, you're questioning, hey, am, am I still headed in the right direction here? And they walked away just feeling so empowered, so encouraged that they're going in the right direction. Uh, the, the husband even sent me a, a text afterwards and was like, that was exactly what I needed to hear. I needed to know that we were going in the right, right direction. Yeah, I uh, ran into uh, a fella that I started working with this couple back in 1995. And he said, you know, I was, I was going through some stuff this weekend and I found this binder that said American Express Financial Advisors on it. That's where I started. And he said, I was looking at the projections and I, I looked at the projections from 1995 to where I was supposed to be now. And he said, I am so far beyond what we projected. Wow. That's cool. But the reason why he's so far beyond what we projected is he was coachable and goal-oriented, and he was seeking wisdom. Mm -hmm. See, when you're seeking wisdom, and I, I talk to my children, it's easiest to talk about how we talk to our children about this because um, – it just sounds better than saying we, we're talking to other grown people about this. <laughs> but I, I need to hear the, the same message myself and be reminded of it is, is wisdom comes, we talk about being the humble learner. So I am the humble learner. I'm seeking wisdom. So this, this couple that came t 25 years ago was seeking wisdom and said, will you guide us in the, in the wise path? financially hmm. and um and that's what we've been trained to do yeah. and they they were willing to walk down that path and as you mentioned josh it's hard it's a slog sometimes it feels um not very fun at all yeah. especially if you dare play the comparison game mm -hmm. and you say man mike's got a new camper and mm -hmm. josh has a a new uh vacation to disneyland and i'm sitting here stuck eating beans and rice that actually, I was just going to say, you got us backwards there. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, well, right. yeah, but I mean, you know, whatever it is, I mean, it doesn't even matter because it's it, sometimes it's way more interesting to look at someone else's life. And, and then for some reason, we choose to judge our lives in comparison to theirs, which when you say it out loud, it doesn't make any sense. But that's a lot of times what happens. But that, that's the beauty of those long term relationships. You know, 25 years is that what you said yeah. that relationship had, had spanned. And um, when, when you have that much perspective and you can remind each other by looking backwards how far you've come. We, mm -hmm. We've said before sure. that at the front of the ship, on a cruise ship, the view never seems to change, right? The horizon's just always out there. But when you run to the back of the ship and you see how far you've come mm -hmm. and you start measuring your progress, it really does validate or confirm, yeah, the choices we've made, the sacrifices we've made, the habits we've put in place, it actually is working. Mm -hmm. And that cause and effect uh, idea is really, truly working to your favor. So wisdom is, is all about applying the, the, the best choice when you, have, when you have a choice, when you have a range of choices, um, applying the, 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 
the, the best answer so that you can be on the path towards the most ideal outcomes and not my outcomes, not Kevin's, not Josh's, your outcomes, what you want in your financial life. And uh, I've heard Josh say before, you really don't even need wisdom until you have a choice to make. And it's knowing of the range of choices, which is the best one for you to take. And uh, But the truth is, we all have these small microcosmic choices in our financial life almost each and every day they they manifest themselves in habits so do you have the right habits the 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 perspective or the platform that we use to help provide wisdom to our clients and it's not just it's not just us your certified financial planner should be applying this same platform to deliver wisdom we're going to get into these six areas in just a second but it's really that all six areas of your financial life let me actually back up that your financial life is made up of six Mm -hmm. interrelated areas and that they're all interconnected. And so you can't make a choice in one area without it impacting the others. And so we're going to get into each of those. Um, If I can state them, it's your present financial position, protection planning, tax planning, investment planning, retirement and college planning, those sort of long-term goals, and then estate planning. We're gonna dive into each of those, but then we're also gonna be talking about what what's the value, well, like what's the benefit? So what decisions do does that perspective help you make in your financial life and, uh, and, and then get into what you need to be looking for in a certified financial planner? So we're gonna break down why wise money and wise principles make sense for your situation, that and more. Coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. In order to have the right, the best financial outcomes in your life, you need to be applying wisdom in your finances. We're going to tell you how to do that coming up right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. You'll find us wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Just search the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Do me a favor. If you find us there, subscribe and even rate the show. Helps others find this content about applying wisdom in their finances. So we're kicking off our sixth season of the Wise Money Show. We just told you why wisdom is so important in your financial life. How do you do it? How do you do it? We said it's really harnessing all six areas of your financial life. So what are they? Let's get into it. Yeah, you know, I I like to think of these um, six areas of your financial life almost as like six different lenses or six different filters that you view your financial life through different angles that you're, you're analyzing through, uh, your financial life from. And uh, it, it kind of reminds me, this time of year, when I round the bend on my street on the way to the office, um, because of the time of day and where the sun's at, I turn, I, I make a turn, and I'm instantly blinded by the sun, mm-hmm. just where it's at. Yeah. It, it could be the dirtiness of my windshield or something. But I quickly throw on these sunglasses with some polarized lenses, and all of a sudden, I can see things that I, were, I was blinded to. And the same thing, the same principle applies in your financial life. When you actually examine a decision or you know, you're, you're analyzing some of the results that you've had through certain lenses, 
maybe it looks fine with one set of lens, but then you look th- at it through another and you, you realize, oh, there's more to the story here than, than I actually realize. And so th- that's really the role of a certified financial planner, right? To help you train your eye or get into the habit of looking at each decision through multiple lenses before you take that step, before you take action. And the, the six areas, which you rattled off at the, at the uh, very end of the last segment, it begins with your present financial position. And that's really just where are you right now in your financial life? What's the sources of income that are flowing into your hands and the expenses that are pulling money out of your hands? How much is actually getting captured for the most important goals that you're trying to achieve? It's often, I, you, you might want to call it a financial inventory. So some people, sometimes as we're working with folks and maybe they're, uh, they, they need to start helping their folks with their finances. Uh, you know, m- mom and dad are elderly and, and they need some help. And, um, you know, finances are private and it's confidential. And maybe the, the, these kids have never seen mom and dad's financial situation. And we're often asked, well, how, where do you start? And I don't know about you guys, but I always say start by just getting a financial inventory. Mm-hmm. How much money do they have in the bank accounts? Like list all the bank accounts out, list all the investment accounts out, list all the assets out, list all the liabilities out, get it all together on one sheet. You know, our finances are so intangible these days. Mm -hmm. Everything's electronic and it's all spread out. So get it together on one sheet so you can see it and have a full perspective. And sometimes you can find wisdom just by organizing it that way. Oh, wait a second. Why do we have this money sitting here instead of here? Why is this account this full, but we've got credit card debt over here? And sometimes you can just just making that inventory, you can realize, oh, things quite th- things could be set up a little bit differently. Well, that's right. And, you know, there's a, a basic principle that we hold to very closely, and that is that you will manage what you measure. And if you're never measuring where your stewardship responsibilities start and where they end, you're not going to be a great manager. You're not you're going to miss things along the way if it's not all on your radar screen. So measuring where you're at at this moment in time and doing it regularly helps you to evaluate the progress that you're making. Yep, so we get a good inventory of our income and our expenses, what we own and what we owe, and that gives us a good picture for our present financial position. But really, when you, when, if, if you ask me, what's the job of a financial planner? And I would say, don't work with a financial planner that's not certified. In other words, make sure you're working with a certified financial planner who actually does financial planning. And the job of a financial planner is to manage risk. That's the, that's the big 30,000 foot view of what's a financial planner supposed to be doing for me. He's supposed to be help, she is supposed to be helping me manage risk. So the next area is protection planning and protection planning is all about risk management. And there are certain risks in my life that I either live with that risk or through a very efficient transfer, I write a check to an insurance company and I transfer that risk. And so the, there are many different areas of someone's financial life. There's uh, health insurance. Do I have it through work? Do I have it outside of work? I have life insurance, disability, long-term care, my home and auto insurance. Do I have an umbrella policy? All of these v- various areas of risk. And, and do I live with that risk? Do I transfer it? And what's, what's the most appropriate manner in which to do it? Because it, be, it becomes a resource allocation decision. If I spent all my money on, on 
transferring risk. I don't have any money left to work with. <laughs> right. yeah. So I don't want to do that. So I want to transfer as much risk as possible for as little money as possible. Well, that's, that's kind of the game. That, yeah. If Out of all of the six areas, this one seems to be one that is oftentimes disconnected from the others because you go see a gecko or a flow comedian or you go talk to a salesperson and they're just trying to sell you as much insurance as possible and oftentimes people come in and their 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 risk management decisions aren't fitting with the rest of their financial life aren't fitting with that cash flow um okay so let's talk about the third area of your financial life it's it's one of our favorites and that is tax planning uh, not tax preparation. Tax preparation is getting the right number that happened last year and getting it in the right box. It's compliance. It's retroactive. Tax planning is proactive. It is looking at your financial or your tax opportunities, ways for you to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime. And then financial planning helps you determine which of those opportunities do you jump on, do you pursue, and which of them do you say, nah, that's a great opportunity, but it's not as important in my financial life right now. So it's identifying opportunities for you to pay pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime and then avoiding surprises. This is one of the reasons why I'm so glad that our team helps people prepare their taxes because it gives us a shot at converting them into true tax planners, not settling for always looking in the rearview mirror at what happened last year and let's, out of compliance, just make sure that we're filing an accurate tax return. No, this is about looking forward and making sure that you don't have money slipping through the cracks in the form of too much tax. You talk about an area where if you spend too much on tax, you don't have the money left over that you need maybe to truly achieve your most important goals. This is why, I mean, your certified financial planner should be doing tax planning, but this is where you start collaborating with experts as well, right? This is why every CFP at Corhorn Financial Group also is a tax preparer as well. Some of them are even CPAs, but then we have a full tax team on our team, right down the hall. And because the collaboration between your CFP and your CPA is, I, I mean, it's its almost magical in this the most geeky way possible. It's almost magical because of the dollars that can be found there, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it, it, and when you, when you talk to someone and you say, hey, when's the last time your, uh, CPA, talk to your investment manager or the person helping you. That's the next area, right? In investment planning. When's the last time those two collaborated? Hey, does your, you have the, this amount of investments. Does the person helping you with your protection planning know what your net worth is? Well, they have no idea. Well, the, can you see that might be a problem? So the next area is investment planning. Yeah, and this is often where the the typical financial planner, in air quotes, or financial advisor, in air quotes, this is typically where they spend 100% of their time, maybe even 110% of their time, if that was even possible. And and that's that's not correct. You, you'd need someone that's fitting investment planning in all six areas. So we're going to talk about that more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Should your financial planner specialize in investments or be isolated in investments? 
Should your investments fit with all six areas of your financial life, or is that the only thing you talk to your financial professional about? Ooh, talking about that right now, how to apply wisdom in your finances. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Stay connected to Wise Money wherever you're at on social media. You'll find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then wherever you're at in social media, we are there as well. Follow us there. You can submit questions. That's the most common way fans of the show interact with the show and submit questions. So find us there, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Just search The Wise Money Show. All right, so we're talking about the six areas of financial planning and how you need to be looking at all six in order to make great decisions to have great financial outcomes. I latched onto it there, but investment planning is one of six areas of your financial life. Most financial professionals, all they do is talk about investments. Now, it's critically important, and your financial advisor should be a specialist in investments, no doubt. However, they shouldn't be isolated. They shouldn't just camp there because your investment decisions are connected to your retirement plan. It's connected to your tax decisions, connected with your cash flow management, connected to your estate plan. We'll talk more about that. But Well, and- what, what you're alluding to is that the purpose of those investments is found elsewhere in your financial plan. It's attached to some important goal that you're trying to achieve, and the investments are just the funding mechanism to help you pull that off. So if it is retirement or if it is sending your kids to college or saving up for a a bigger legacy, financial legacy to leave behind to future generations, maybe some who are even dependent upon that for for various reasons, all those give you the, the, the... lens, I guess, to view your investments through, how do you know what the investments need to achieve? How much risk do you need to be taking with those investments? And then how do you piece together the right mix of investments to achieve those goals? If if you're not um, examining those goals and having a game plan to achieve them first, mm-hmm. and then making your investment decisions, you may be getting the, the cart before the horse. Yeah. And we are very passionate about investments at at KFG. We love our heartbeat. Our lifeblood is comprehensive financial planning. And of course, we are passionate about investments as part of that and and have a very, very unique approach and philosophy to managing investments, managing risk. Um, But the, the key is it's just one. Investment planning needs to be connected to the other five areas of your financial life. All right. Oftentimes you're investing for a long-term goal and those long-term goals are found in the fifth area of financial planning. And that is retirement planning. And you can throw college planning in there as well. Stephen Covey, you guys know, is one of my favorites. Um, and he's, I, you just can't say it any better than he has said, any goal you're trying to achieve, you have to identify where are you today, define where you want to be out there in the future, map, you know, kind of lay out a path to get there from here to there. And then on an ongoing basis, just am I making progress? Am I still on track? Am I still on track? And and that really that's what's done with the five factor retirement plan, looking at all five factors of your uh, of your retirement goal and like which defines the where do I want to be? Where do I want to where do I want to be? And then figuring out, are you on track? And if not, here's what you need to do to get on track. Yep. Well said. And most folks, it's interesting, will ask the question if they're not yet retired, do you feel like you're ahead of pace? Do you feel like you're behind? Do you feel like you're right on track? Most people almost inevitably say, yeah, we feel like we're a little bit behind. It doesn't matter. It does It does not matter. They could be miles ahead of where they're supposed to be, 
everyone feels like for some reason I'm a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. So what we, we try to do, it, people come looking for clarity and confidence. And, and we want to say, hey, look, this is where you are relative to where you should be. You are behind and this is what you're going to need to do to make up some ground. Or, hey, you're ahead. So there are some trade-offs that we can coach you through. Um, maybe less sacrifice is required. Um, there are a lot of different choices that you can make here. So that's that's not just with retirement planning. It's also with the other uh, co- kind of component of this area, which would be education planning as well. Yeah, college planning it, it is it is tricky. It's not a it's not a shared goal by everyone, right? So the very first step there is you've got to get on the same page with your spouse, figure out what your role is. Um, and then, but the other unique thing is, you know, you're saving up for retirement, hopefully over decades, and then your retirement's going to last decades. With college planning, you're saving up for maybe a decade, maybe 15 years, and then you spend all the money in four years, mm-hmm. right? And so investing and managing, it's just very, 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 very unique. So you've got to be making sure that it's connected. That area, that goal is connected to the other, other areas in your financial life. So then the last area of the six areas of financial planning. Yeah, it's estate planning. And we we think of this as kind of the capstone to the plan. If you think about your financial life and all the building and the accumulating and the growing that you're doing, it's to um, fulfill your vision for your future. But everyone has an end to retirement someday, right? And when you pass away, the question is, what happens with all the stuff that you leave behind? How do you make sure that it goes to the people and the places that you really want to bless and and improve their life as as well, as as well. There's an there's another issue here, and that is, if during your lifetime, you need help making financial decisions or healthcare decisions, that sort of thing. This is also the area of your of your financial plan where you're kind of pre-deciding, pre-authorizing other people to step in and kind of partner with you. To, to help make those decisions in the later years when, when maybe you're less um, independent mm-hmm. as you are today. The big idea. So those, those, are the, those are the six in a nutshell. I'd like to say nutshell, but we could talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. So that's as brief as we can make it. But those six areas, those are those lenses that Josh shared earlier that, uh, that when you put those lenses on, you can all of a sudden see different things in the landscape. Certain things come to light and you're, you realize, oh, um, I, there's a bear in those woods. I should, <laughs> I should go left instead of right, you know, where you, where you make different choices. Let, let's talk about a couple examples of where maybe uh, someone has come in and said, hey, I, ju- I need help with this, this thing. And then it's revealed that, no, 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 when you put these lenses on, this is going to impact five or six areas of your financial life. Yeah, I had that meeting yesterday, and uh, this couple's presenting problem was, hey, we worked with a financial investment guy for a long time here in the area. He sold his business to a, a company a couple hours away. We've met with them one time. We really don't understand what's going on. So it seemed like that was their problem. And that was a problem. No, yeah. no doubt about it. There, there was no theme to their investments. There was, um, they had no relationship with this individual. No relationship. Right. They, right. Yeah. So, there, so there were a lot of issues there, but that really wasn't their problem. The problem was they're, they're in, a, in the phase where they have to take required minimum distributions. Now, they don't have to this year, but they are... So they're, you know they're north of 72, 
And I, I talked to them about, all right, well, you're doing your required minimum distributions, so are you taking any money out above and beyond that? And they said, well, no, we can't, which is not true. They can. Uh, they didn't know it, but they can. And I said, well, you know, you need to have a tax plan. And like, well, you know, we, we've worked with this guy for years doing our taxes, and we're so happy with him. And I said, I'm sure he's an awesome tax preparer, but what kind of advice does he give you? And has he talked to your investment manager? I, I just hearing that you, you think, well, that's a simple thing that's about investments. But you just immediately said, no, it's also about taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Taking how much should you take out for taxes? But I know you're thinking about that also for estate planning and legacy planning, because should they be paying taxes at their rates or when the kids inherit it, when this is passed on, will it be at a higher tax rate? And of course, that influences their protection plan and their cash flow. So right there in one example, it touches all six and we could go on and on and on. Um, But what a great example, Kevin. So, all right, we've got a lot more to hit, plus a lot of questions from fans of the show coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. I don't know if you've noticed this. I have. I've seen a lot of those paper license plates when I'm when I'm driving around. And, uh, you know, we're we're in a recession or maybe on our way out of them, but lots of new cars on the road because of these discounts. When you buy a new car, what happens to your insurance? We've got that question from fans of the show coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Every episode, let me remind you of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show. You'll find this full hour and all previous ones right there, as well as financial nuggets, next wise steps, daily updates, every single business day talking about what's going on in the world of finance, how to apply it with wisdom to your financial life. So check it out there. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, and uh, and and give us a thumbs up. We appreciate that. All right, before we jump into questions from fans of the show, let's, let's put our arms around this whole idea of applying wisdom to your finances and working through those lenses, like Josh shared, the lens of, of interconnecting all six areas of your financial life. I love that word right there. That's the one that comes to my mind as well. Financial planning is about recognizing the interconnectedness of all the decisions that you make in your financial life. They're going to touch multiple areas of your financial life. And you and I, you know, we we may have multiple professionals in our lives people who help us with our, our banking or our, our borrowing, you know, lenders. You might have an insurance professional that you love and have trusted for years. Maybe there's an investment advisor that you go to or an attorney. And each one of them, they have a certain lens that they see the world through. And you might look at them and say, hey, they are a professional. They are an expert at viewing the world from their vantage point, And I'm going to trust them to give me advice. And, and I want that to always be true, right? However, those same professionals may be missing some areas in your financial life because they have a limited perspective. You're only sharing so much of your story with them. Had a, a brand new client in uh, this week 
who um, was talking about his insurance advisor and how much he loves this advisor, been with them for years and years. However, that advisor doesn't understand much at all about this particular client's financial picture. And he, he knows what car he drives and what his address is, and he's got a nice package of insurance in place for him, but he's missing some things because of his limited view. And in our opinion, comprehensive financial planning is what helps you to avoid the, the mistakes that can happen or the missed opportunities that happen when you only view or your professional team only views your financial life through their particular lens. We try to open it up and view it through all areas and build all of those individual plans that those various professionals might have. How do you pull it together into one comprehensive plan? That is the role of a certified financial planner in your life. It's someone that's in your corner who has your best interest at heart, and that best interest begins and ends with pulling it all together for your benefit. That's right, and and, and that's you know part of why we've you know comprehensive financial planning. That's sort of a mouthful, and it's sort of you know, it's hard to hard to define, but I mean, really, it's the idea of pulling each of those areas of your financial life together and having one cohesive plan, which is why we've we've uh, we sometimes refer to this as having one plan instead of a comprehensive financial plan. You shouldn't have a tax plan. Your insurance uh, agent shouldn't have their own agenda. Your banker shouldn't have their own agenda. The uh, the 401k person through work that you never meet with or they present once a year shouldn't have one agenda. It should all be together connected with one plan. So that's why we say work with a certified financial planner. They've got to be certified. They've got to be a fiduciary. But then that's actually not enough. They've got to do comprehensive financial planning and work on all six areas. Lots of CFPs are out there just trying to sell investments or just focusing on investments or maybe just trying to offer insurance. That's their specialty. You need comprehensive financial planning. Anything else we'd we'd add on top of this? Okay. I don't think so. Let's jump into questions from fans of the show. All right. Uh, first one here is from Jimmy. He's in Goshen. If I get in a car accident and my car is totaled, will my insurance give me enough money to buy a new car? That's a great question, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> let me address that. As uh, You have some experience, some recent the, experience? As the father of three totaled cars <laughs> in, in, within the past 12 months. Um, Are you serious? I, I'm not joking, man. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Two uh, car deer uh, accidents totaling uh, uh, mother's van and Grace's car. And then. Uh, no way. Yeah. I yet, didn't even yet, know that. Yet another one. Uh, that one will remain unnamed. <laughs> but so here's I got some good news and some bad news, Jimmy. The good news is the insurance company will give you enough money to buy a new to you car. New to you, car. <laughs> right. The, the, what you're likely, I'm assuming what you're asking, though, is will they give me enough money to buy the car that I had? And that is, that really depends. It, they, they actually will give you enough money to buy the car that you had. You just might not agree on the value. Yeah. <laughs> because if you bought it for 35 and you drove it off the lot, and you've owned it for two years, and now the same car you could, um, in essence, go out on the uh, on the market and buy for twenty five. 
you're you're saying I don't want to check for twenty five. I just paid thirty five. I want thirty five. Hmm. And the other the the tricky thing is you might owe thirty on it. Yeah. Okay. So lots lots of things to hit here. I mean, the, the geeky thing is um, is something called actual cash value versus replacement costs. So to me, so so Cindy, uh, we so when we when we had Carrington, oh, I almost want to choke, and I'm sorry because this is just. But we bought a brand new car, and it was like it was so like normally I'm a buy used and you know whatever, but it was like okay, we're gonna drive this thing, and everyone says this, they'll drive it to the wheels fall off, right? Um, I actually seen someone. <laughs> Actually do that. Actually pulled that off. But but when we test drove it, it was seven had seven miles on it, and of course we paid the price for a new vehicle. It's very very expensive. But that was twelve. That was a long time ago. So we have we've gotten it's almost two hundred thousand miles on this thing now. So you could say maybe that that was a decent value. But um, buying a new what that thing is worth right now, if if it was totaled, we'd get a couple grand. Mm-hmm. Well, a new Highlander, what Mom is looking at right now, is not just a couple <laughs> grand. It's a it's a lot, and so that's the actual cash value is typically what you get. That totaled value is all right. What was the value of that vehicle in it in its condition with all those miles on it with all that rust? What was the condition? And when you go to buy a, that's typically not enough for you to go buy the new car that you want to be driving. That's exactly right. You know, one of the places that we often see uh, this issue of, of maybe being underinsured or, or not getting out of the, the vehicle what you think you should have, um, it actually has to do with accidents that are caused by the other person. If they don't have any insurance or don't have enough coverage, it's actually your insurance policy that would pay out and help replace your vehicle. But there's limitations on how much they'll pay, and, and it's actually stated in your policy. Sometimes we've pointed out to, to clients, hey, your insurance uh, agent, unfortunately, has allowed you to have a cap on this benefit. If someone else caused an accident, they didn't have coverage, you only have so much money that they're going to pay out, and your the vehicle is worth more than that. And, uh, and, and it's obviously better to catch that on the front end before the accident happens. You don't want to be uh, receiving that terrible news after the accident. So it, it just underscores the importance of periodically reviewing the policies in detail. Yep. This is something that certainly your insurance agent should be able to help you with or your certified financial planner who understands the lay of the land. They understand the risks that you're exposed to, how much you have in an emergency fund, that sort of thing. They can help you craft the right um, mix of insurance policies to protect you, even in situations like this. Okay, we've got a great question here from Tracy, but I, I gotta I gotta mention a couple other things. So I do too. They, they've got, there's these things called gap insurance, gap coverage, and so this is when you owe a lot, uh, you owe more on a vehicle than maybe what the actual cash value is worth. And when you are driving around and you hear these commercials about negative equity could be refinanced, or they usually say it a little bit faster than that. Negative equity could be refinanced. Like that is, that's you voluntarily signing up to go upside down on your car right, right away just so you can get into a shinier one and one that connects right to your iPhone or whatever the features are. And so, guys, and you have to pay extra then. You have to pay extra to make sure that if the thing is totaled, you'll have enough money to pay off the loan. So let me say that differently. Not having the right principles applied in your financial life costs you more money 
don't don't do that don't do that don't take that bait and so if you yeah if you need gap coverage you need um coverage there if the loan is too much yeah i suppose you need to buy it because that's a risk you need to identify but i would just tell you avoid that situation avoid it completely yeah so so and jimmy this is maybe not a well-known fact i don't know if you if you have totaled your car what your situation is but when uh my daughter hit a deer and the deer was definitely on the losing end, but as was the car, mm-hmm. the insurance adjuster said, hey, we'll give you seven grand for the car. And I thought that, I thought it might have been worth a little bit more than that, but that's, uh, you know, I just told him that. I said, hey, I think it's worth a little bit more than that, but I'm not going to argue, you know, you've done the research, and, and they've got great facts on their side. And he actually said to me, well, one, you know, we, I've one thing that I can kind of bend on is the salvage value because I put eight hundred dollars as the salvage value. We're going to sell it for eight hundred bucks. He said, "I could put the salvage value at at four hundred, and and um, you could buy it." So he did. He put the salvage value at four hundred, and I bought it. And so I'm out four hundred. So I got the seven thousand minus my deductible. So I get six thousand from the insurance company to buy the next car. I bought the totaled car for 400 bucks and put about four grand into it. Hmm. So I'm still a little bit ahead. And um, I've got, uh, my daughter's driving a car that's been totaled, but is good as new Yeah. Um, as far as function. Sure. Mm-hmm. So th- there are, there are ways. Now, when my, <laughs> when my wife found out that that was a possibility, she said, why didn't you tell me that when I totaled the van? And I said, because I've never been so happy to see a vehicle go in my life. <laughs> in my life. Oh, that's funny. Get that thing out of here. That's funny. Hey, let's sneak this in real quick. Tracy from Chicago. Uh, how much will my car insurance go up if I buy a new car? Well, the first thing is, yeah, it will go up most likely. And so you got to, and Kevin, we're not going to have time for you to share this story, but I know when you were buying one of your first vehicles, you called, before you bought the vehicle, you called your insurance agent and said, hey, how much would it cost to insure this vehicle versus this vehicle versus this vehicle? Talk to your independent agent. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, to talk, talk to him because that obviously goes into the cost, main, the maintenance cost or carrying cost of having this vehicle. So before you go out shopping and fall in love with that next thing, Contact your agent, see what the cost uh, to insure it is. Hey, I want to thank Auto Owners Insurance for sponsoring this segment of the program. We appreciate your partnership. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday at Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.